Chapter Eighteen of the Submarine Boys for the Flag. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Submarine Boys for the Flag by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Eighteen. F. Bets an anchor against a fish hook the government possesses the fellow's charts and notes anyway observed jack benson rather proudly yes thanks to you gentlemen nodded the commandant still i fancy the authorities will be fearfully annoyed over this escape there were no particulars sir you say queried jack no the mere announcement of the fellow's escape and a request to military and naval authorities to be on the lookout for the fugitive the dispatch also states that description will follow by wire we can give you a pretty fair word portrait of millard right now sir offered lieutenant benson and i wish you would jack proceeded to do so he had about finished when the carriage stopped punctually before the door of the officers club the commandant took cordial leave of his young guests after which they were driven to the railway station just a little later they found themselves leaning back in parlor car seats bound for washington most of the way back the youngsters dozed in their chairs now that the excitement was over all felt need of rest not even at the railway station in washington could they escape the watchfulness of the navy department the same messenger who the day before had handed them their copies of the regulations now met benson with a note the secretary will not be at his office until one o'clock this afternoon announced lieutenant jack looking up from the order we are directed to report at that hour what shall we do until then demanded f blankly when the messenger had departed why since we're still in the service laughed jack and as i've heard that the arlington is much patronized by navy officers suppose we treat ourselves to a carriage go to the arlington and register that'll be the last grand feeling we'll get out of this his comrades rather merrily agreed so a few minutes later the trio marched through the lobby of the arlington to the desk jack picked up a pen and registered john benson u s n hal and f followed suit then they were led to their connecting rooms we'll have luncheon at half-past eleven smiled lieutenant jack as he dropped into an easy chair in the service one never knows when his next meal is coming good chuckled hal though there was a sad ring to his tone keep up as long as you can old fellow the fiction that we're still in the naval service well aren't we demanded jack stoutly surely assented hal meekly say demanded f taking out notebook and pencil what is an ensign's pay anyway seventeen hundred dollars a year replied benson i don't suppose the navy department will try to spring less than a day's pay on us hinted f if that's right then the government now owes me three hundred and sixty-five into seventeen hundred let me see oh cut it laughed hal what my pay demanded f not much sir i want the only money i ever really earned 
oh one of us ought to drop mr farnum a line into jack presently oh well let hal do it offered eph he carries the only fountain pen in the crowd without a word hastings crossed to a table on which were envelopes and paper and began to write perhaps he welcomed something to occupy his mind for truth to tell each of these submarine boys had a woefully blue feeling though all were naval officers still at this moment all realized that they would cease to be such as soon as they had received the thanks of the secretary of the navy however blue as all three felt none of them hung back when half-past eleven arrived they descended to the dining-room where they refreshed themselves heartily the meal over there was just about enough time left for them to walk comfortably to the navy department they had walked a couple of blocks of the way when hal suddenly felt the stamped letter in his pocket he drew it out and glanced hurriedly down the avenue i don't see a letter-box ahead fellows but i saw one halfway down the block at the last corner we passed you two keep right on i'll join you presently jack and eph halted in their walk to look back where is hal demanded somers he can't have lost us muttered jack oh i guess he's simply taken a short cut to meet us ahead on the way yet they continued to look for their comrade until they had neared the state war and navy building hal hastings had not again appeared in sight say but this is fearfully careless of good old hal muttered jack benson uneasily as he glanced at his watch we've no time to go back to look for him either for we've barely time to reach the secretary's office we'll have to go in without hal then grumbled eph makes me feel like a fool too had the two lads but known it there was still plenty of time for the secretary of the navy may make an appointment with an understrapper and then find that he must first see some more important personage there were big callers ahead of the boys that day so that it was nearly two o'clock when lieutenant jack and ensign f were admitted to the presence that they were to leave shorn of their brief rank and command good afternoon lieutenant benson good afternoon mr somers was secretary saunders swift greeting you are most successful and i must congratulate you heartily but where is mr hastings we don't know mr secretary jack admitted he left us for a short time as we thought and since then mr saunders wheeled sharply as the door opened and a clerk came in pardon me sir apologized the clerk but a note has just come for lieutenant benson sir and the messenger was insistent that it was a most important matter you must take your note and read it lieutenant suggested the secretary of the navy young benson gave a start when he recognized in the address the handwriting of hal hastings in another instant jack gave a much more violent start for these were the words that met his astonished gaze dear jack i am in a washington police station feeling like a number one idiot soon after leaving you i ran into millard face to face there was a policeman within two hundred feet at the moment i let out a full siren yell and dashed at millard he held on to me until the policeman reached the spot i let him hold me thinking that was the easiest way but millard produced a paper a request from the military authorities at fort craven 
to arrest and hold any one pointed out by the bearer i talked some to that policeman but it did no good he took me to the station house and here i am millard vanished after saying that he'd wire the news of my arrest of ward craven you'll have to explain me out of this yours disgustedly hal may i read this to you mr secretary begged jack benson do so lieutenant i'll be back in a moment muttered the secretary of the navy rising and hastily quitting the room the instant that high official was gone f caught at his sides with his hands oh wow woof Pa chuckled young somers his face distorted with glee someone catch me i'm choking great scott what wouldn't i have given to see that hal the quiet the dignified oh dear oh dear hal pounces on the fellow to arrest him and hal is the one who gets pinched woo i can see hal's face right now i'll wager an anchor to a fish hook that the astonished look is stamped on hal's face so hard it won't come off for a week Woo woof f was laughing so hard that the tears streamed down his face quit that commanded jack stepping over to his comrade his own face stern it's no laughing matter why won't they hang hal sputtered f as soon as he could talk hal will be at liberty almost at once but fancy the shock imagine the dear old fellow's astonishment and the jolt to his feelings again f summers went off into a paroxysm of laughter it seemed uncontrollable for f had a strong sense of the ludicrous and hal's face as summers pictured it must have been a tremendously funny sight at the instant when millard so neatly turned the tables come quit your nonsense grumbled jack disgustedly i can't roared f going off into still another burst of laughter just at that instant summers gave himself the lie the door opened admitting the secretary of the navy in a fraction of a second ensign f had straightened up while his face was solemn enough for an indian chief's countenance i've just been straightening out that little matter explained mr sanders i've talked with the police and have described hastings the police are in deep chagrin over their blunder mr hastings is now at liberty and on his way here at a motion from mr sanders the two young officers seated themselves the secretary turned to his desk to sign some papers from f suddenly came a suppressed explosive sound jack seated beside him on a sofa gave somers an indignant elbow jab the secretary glanced up then resumed his writing a minute later there came from f the sound of another smothered explosion the picture of hal hastings indignant astonishment had once more been conjured up before young summer's face poor f was red in the face with all the effort of keeping back his laughter i fear you must have caught some cold standing watch on the gunboat's bridge said the secretary sympathetically that sobered summer's in an instant the notion that he he a sea-dog accustomed to stand watch in all weathers could catch cold through exposure of the kind just mentioned made f feel a sense of ghastly humiliation five minutes later ensign hal hastings was shown into the office the secretary of the navy greeted him kindly 
though with a twinkle in his eyes the paper that caused my trouble was one that was taken from mr benson when he couldn't help himself hal explained for some reason the military authorities never discovered that millard had that paper about him it was enough to save him from arrest an hour ago and millard is still at large nodded mr sanders it's a matter for the military authorities and the secret service i imagine i don't see how the navy can be drawn into it however i am going to ask you young gentlemen to retain your special appointments a little longer i may yet have considerable need of you in this affair you are stopping at the arlington perhaps for this afternoon you would enjoy going over to the united service club where you are likely to meet a good many army and navy officers i'll send someone along with you who will see to it that you have ten day cards at the club at any other time this all would have meant to jack benson that he was still an officer in the navy just now however it meant that millard was at large and benson had a strong notion that it would yet fall to the lot of the submarine boys to put that wretch where he belonged End of chapter eighteen recording by john brandon